to Expounded Universe, Season 19, Episode 1. Hey, this Monarch empty. Yeek! I don't get that reference, and I refuse to. It's from Vine. Do it for the Vine. No, I'm going to report you. The book is Star Wars Lando Calrissian Adventures, The Mind Harp of Sheru? That's a, that's a normal-sounding title. Uh, the year, 1983. An older book. Prologue Chapters 1 and 2, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Yeek! No. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where I, Jeff, and my co-host, John, discuss Star Wars novels, plus hot music, interesting articles, the hot trends of today, plus cold music, mm-hmm. cold trends from today. Yeah, cold trends of yesterday. Mm. Chokers, out. <laughs> the cold trains of yesterday, <laughs> out. <laughs> the Miles Davises of tomorrow, though. Ooh. In. So, uh, yeah, we got a brand new book here. But uh, before yeah, we get Yeah, Papa's got a brand new book. Well, a brand new 1983 novella. Yeah, a brand new, very old book. <laughs> it's, it's as old as you are. Yeah, just about. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, the Lando Calrissian Adventures are one of my personal favorites. I'm glad we're finally getting to do one of them. Uh, I, I came to these books as a little kid, and notably, this is a collection. When I was a little kid, these books were... Uh, three novellas they weren't sold in a collection at that time and they let me tell you i looked up when i was gonna go buy uh my copy of this Mm -hmm. i saw the copies of like the three stories that this has as individual books that had some rad early 80s sci-fi cover art oh yeah that's part of what i like about these books i mean i'm not gonna go spoiler heavy here because we're in the lead up to starting the review of the book or the the walkthrough of the book uh, but I love these because in the early 80s and like late, late 70s, the, the Star Wars novels that were coming out weren't burdened by kind of Del Rey's need to maintain the status quo. So they're just bonkers. They just go wherever. Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that both this and uh, the story that we read from the Han Solo trilogy mm-hmm. several seasons ago, uh, both of them take place pre movies yes and they're so early that we hadn't really established anything pre-movies outside of like i guess at some point there was a clone wars Mm -hmm. and so because we don't have like super established canon so far we don't have like a very strict you can't do certain things baby you could do whatever you wanted yeah now we're only that the current plan is to just do mind harp of sheru but I'm going to leave this one open. If there's enough fan interest, I will keep this train a rolling because I really want to get to the later books because I got I got to tell you, John, the bad guy in the in these books, like the series overall, a fucking wizard, not Ooh. a not a Jedi, not a Sith, a wizard. Nice. So, I mean, if you want to hear more of this, if you want to encounter the wizard, then uh, then by all means, just let us know that you love this as it's going and we'll I'll just keep this train rolling. Yeah. And if you don't love this, of course, let us know and I will take over for the next season mm-hmm. and i will have us read a random expanded universe novel probably one with a wizard <laughs> you want to see what Mulder and scully do when they face a wizard sure we all do <laughs> yeah i guess we are we allowed to do that am i allowed to just say vote for me and i get to pick the next movie and tv show series <laughs> on your thing of course you are i did not know that <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't hold any weight and there's no obligation to do it but you can say whatever the fuck you want yeah it's true so you know vote for me if you want this book to keep rolling in, into the next book and have us do the next one as well vote for john if for instead three little flags <laughs> if you would like a little flag for free and also to do the next book in this series <laughs> You just say whatever, right? You can just, just say anything you yeah, want. Who can stop you? <laughs> this is America, baby. We ain't got to be vetted. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, locations, this book does not start in America, but on a nasty... <laughs> It'd be weird if it did. It would be, but... <laughs> I mean, let's stay tuned. This book's got some weird stuff in it. <laughs> um, 
but it starts on a little tiny asteroid known as Ozeon 2795. Yeah, which, given that I saw the second book of this is The Flame Wind of Ozeon, I was like, oh, look at you, establishing stuff for later books. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they get too far away from this uh, location throughout the course of these novels. Each one of them has, I mean, because the books are called, you know, Mind Harp of Sheru, uh, Flame Wind of Ozeon, and Star Caves of Thonboka. Yep. Like, they all have weird names. They're all about a magical thing. Uh, but, but they all kind of stay in this one little sector, wherever they are right now. It's interesting to me, though, that they took Lando and made him be the one that's like, I'm going to go on weird magical artifact adventures instead of Han Solo, because you think you'd immediately just be like, oh, let's Indiana Jones this fucker and just make him do that, but in space. Yes. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, this is going to be a story about a man who does not want to go on this adventure, especially. God bless him. Because <laughs> the Lando of this book is interesting. Yeah, the the take on what Lando is and what he is like, even in just the prologue and opening two chapters, I was like, oh, okay, this is a man who's just like, I do not want to get entangled in your dumb garbage. Mm -hmm. I do not want to be a part of a Star War. I don't want to be part of your system. <laughs> I threw it on the ground. <laughs> Happy birthday to the ground. <laughs> no, he's just like a happy-go-lucky gambler, wending his way from system to system looking for high-stakes sabak tables. He is uh, not interest he He's very little interest in anything but making money the easy way. Oh, yeah. When we start on this prologue, he has just gotten the Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. and he hates it. Like, it's interesting to go to a position where, oh, yeah, this isn't like, ooh, this is my prize ship, and I'm so angry that I lost it to Han Solo. It's like, this is a piece of shit. I want to get rid of it as soon as possible. I hate this trash dump. I cannot fly. <laughs> I am a terrible pilot. Yes, He's been getting from system to system in a neat way. Uh, apparently, from, when you go from one system to another, you can hire a droid pilot. At the way you'd hire a U-Haul truck for a one-way trip today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can, hire a, you can hire a droid pilot and have it do all the hyperspace and landing and stuff, which is all very onerous, so that you don't have to. And, and uh, he's been using that to get this ship from place to place. Yeah, and before that, he's like, oh, I would just, you know take a Starliner from wherever place I was gambling to another place to gamble, mm -hmm. and that was fine. And then he was like, I very lightly enjoyed the idea of having my own ship, but very quickly in this prologue, he's like, no, it sucks. Having your own ship is expensive, mm -hmm. and if you're not a pilot, it fucking sucks, because any time you're like, oh, I want to go visit some planet, they're like, all right, here's where the docking bay is. It sucks to get there, and if you're not a good pilot... Fuck you, you can't. And, and if you don't know astrogation, yes. you can't jump anywhere. There's a million things you need to know to just land and park and own a starship, and he doesn't want to be part of all that. No, he's like, look, I've grown up as just a gambler who likes things to be nice and easy and to go, you know, rook people out of their hard-earned money, and mm -hmm. I'm a con artiste. Yep. But... The fact that he starts this as like, fuck this ship, fuck everything about it, is very interesting take on Lando Calrissian. Yes, and, and I think there's a chance, I, I'm not sure of, of the specific timeline, but I think this book might predate Return of the Jedi. Uh, Probably. Because it came out in December of 83, and this book had to have been written before that to oh, have yeah, an 83 sure. release date. Especially because it was the first in all of these books, so they had to be doing them beforehand. Yes, yeah, I, it's not the first Star Wars novel. Obviously, we've done at least one that was older. The, the Brian Daly Han Solo trilogy and then also Splinter of the Mind's Eye are both older. Uh, but yeah, it's it's neat to think that this is written entirely from the point of view of Empire Lando. Yeah. So uh, weird. Yeah. To be pre-losing the ship. Yes. Lando, where you're like, this is young Lando. Yeah, this is like Don Glover Lando. Uh, now, anyway, he is on Ozeon 2759, which is only called that because it's just a drab, shitty asteroid that's floating randomly through the Ozeon system. The Ozeon system itself is basically like the Beverly Hills of space. It's where rich people live. So every planet and the, the neighborhood has a bunch of really pretty like nebulas and stuff in the sky that makes it desirable. Uh, but all the planets are like heavily populated with uh, rich people living in, in various like they own 
quarters of the planet type mansions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Ozeon 2750 or 95, this crappy little asteroid is basically like if rich people all lived in one area and also Branson, Missouri sort of floated gaily through there every once in a while. I mean, it's very having, Reno, maybe having lived in uh, Florida. Yeah. Uh, in Sarasota, where you're like, oh, Sarasota is where rich people go to retire, and it's like, it's got the a nice college. It's where the Ringling art stuff is. Mm-hmm. It's a very upscale thing, and like right past it is fucking Bradenton, and it sucks. <laughs> and this is basically that where you're like, oh, look at all where these rich people retired, and then where everyone who works where these rich people live live. Yeah, yeah, it's just like uh, like how you never go to downtown Nevada. Or Nevada, downtown Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this case, this is the Vegas, because gambling is illegal in a lot of those other worlds. But here's this one little asteroid that's outside their jurisdiction, and you can gamble there. That's not really what it's for. It's a space trucker uh, loadout point. Yeah, well, the only reason that he is even there is he's like, oh, because I don't have to go through atmosphere to get here, and I'm so bad of a pilot that even taking my ship into Atmo will fuck me up. So the... I would be better off gambling at one of these other rich places where I could get some real money, but I'm here because I don't have to worry about landing it as much. Yeah, and I think his initial thought might have been come here, win enough money to write one of those lander droids, land on a real planet, make money. Uh, but it's not working because he's in a, th- a sabak game already with like th- three people, two of whom don't matter, and uh, Osuna Wet, who does. Yeah, so we've got a... Because there's... there's miners here. Yes. So you've got a miner and a supervisor a cop who's just sort of security for this mining operation mm-hmm. and an archaeologist. Yes. You've got a, a very pompous kind of, it's very stuffy. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Scholastic archaeologist. Like he yeah. looks, he's, he looks like the kind of guy who doesn't, who never leaves the college. And his name is Osuna Wet. And uh, I think everyone at the table is human. Um, but Osuna is a scarecrow of a person. He's tall and gangly and thin and he has ridiculous scientist hair. Yeah. He's just got, gray hair and mm-hmm. he's constantly like oh i don't oh i couldn't possibly yes oh my he's oh, also I, wa- I want this drink no no this other one yes now uh part of that is just that he's an indecisive piece of crap of a person the other part is that he is probably the second best gambler at the table yeah uh lando is definitely the best and Lan- you can tell because right from the beginning we get all of lando's gambling tricks like ordering a drink but just adding ice to it all night long well i mean in this one at least because Everyone's they're on an water, asteroid yeah. And it is getting pummeled by fucking radiation because you're not in a planet with an atmosphere. Yeah. He's like, it is warm and I don't need to worry about having to like keep up appearances and have a friendly drink. Mm -hmm. Everyone here is just drinking ice water and they are happy to do so. So that's great. That's really nice. Uh, The other thing he does to be able to really good be a good winner at gambling is, of course, the standard Star Wars book thing, how to be really good at gambling, which is just sit there and look at your cards until they magically turn to winning for the 10th time in a row. Yep. It's uh, I got it. Sabak consistently disappoints in each and every one of these books where it comes up. Of course. And I mean, we even get in this when he starts going around the table and describing all the people who are here and Mm -hmm. whatnot, like every single time it's like, oh, this person gets a card. They betrayed nothing of what it meant. Then this person gets a card. I could not tell what they got. I'm like, well, then you're a shitty gambler. <laughs> or they're, Fuck you. Or they're really good. Or, more realistically, it doesn't fucking matter what they got. Because at a random interval, at a random point later, it'll just change to another card in their hand. Yeah. There's a point where our uh, our professor here is like, oh, can I can I take a second to like think about whether or not I want a card? And I immediately was like, yeah, that's obviously what you do every time you play Sabacc if you have a shit hand, is you just kind of go, oh, do I want a card? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. And you just wait until your fucking card changes, and you go, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, but Lando is used to this ploy, so he's like, you know, I can't do that, no, Professor. No, you got to take in or a out. In or out. And the guy's like, fine, I guess I'll take a card then, if you insist. Because his whole deal is he's another person who fancies himself a gambler. He's nowhere near as good as Lando. Now, once again, keep in mind that being good at gambling in this universe means being the best at your cards changing magically into what they need to be. Yes. Uh, But he is the second best in terms of all the annoying shit that gamblers do that they think matters. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, it's because he's like, oh, I'm up at least a few credits. Mm -hmm. This guy is also up. He's when it starts, he's the professor is up more than Lando. Yes. And he's like, yeah, this guy is winning, but 
I assume it's mostly because no one's paying attention or wants to deal with him because he's an annoying piece of shit. Yes. The other thing we learned about Sabak here that I didn't know previously is that winner of the previous hand deals the next hand. Because I don't think it, they don't say it's an official rule here, but they they show Asuno dealing after he wins, and then Lando wins like the next four hands in a row, and he just keeps dealing as he goes. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's probably the way it works. But if you need a real quick refresher on Sabak, uh, you get dealt two cards at the start of the game, maybe three, I forget. Two. Two cards at the start of the game. Uh, if you put your cards on the table face down, there is an isolation field that rests about an inch above the table. And if your cards are in that field, they can't change what number they are anymore. Mm-hmm. And if they're up in your hand or anywhere up other than on the table, they will, at randomized intervals, shift card. And they will, when they do that, they will take other people. If you have the, the Queen of Sabres in your hand and, and uh, it, it turns away, chances are it's in someone else's hand now. Yeah. I do at least like the confirmation that it isn't just all the cards are randomized from Mm -hmm. the list. It's that, oh no, there is a list of cards and you can only ever have one instance of it anywhere in the deck. So if I've got, you know, a seven of cups or some shit and someone else has it in their hand, if like, if I have the seven of cups and it changes to something and it's like the three of sabers someone else had this three of sabers they get some other card they do mention that or it was still in the deck and it just got changed in there oh yeah but yeah you always switch it out it's not like there can be four copies of the idiot or something yeah the other thing that bothers me about sabak here is we don't ever really get a sense for why you would stop playing other than because you randomly hit 23 positive or negative which is the way you win in sabak because apparently you go around to do a round of betting just like in poker but there's no like second round that really seems to get mentioned there's no big blind small blind there's really no incentive for i, I, you I just mean sit there, there is, until someone hits 23 there is an ante yeah and you can you know call or raise on bets sure but if uh, it feels like you're just pl- it's more like you're just playing kerplunk or something that, or hot potato where you know there's no like point where everyone has to show their cards instead it, every every hand of cards we ever see ends when someone goes sabak you know, and instead of like, I have a ne- I have a 19, does that beat your negative 17? Yes. Yeah, the, it's, it is very weird to me that we never get a, oh, there's two rounds of betting and then you're done. Or yeah. like, you can only ever have four or five cards. Like, we don't get told that. And so it does end up seeming, especially because they're like, we want to show that he's a good gambler, which means he randomly gets Sabak constantly, yes. which is... Not a thing that means you're a good gambler. If I'm playing blackjack and I constantly get blackjack, I'm not a good gambler. I am probably cheating. Yeah. Or incredibly lucky. Yes, exactly. And and the only other thing that, that drives me nuts about Sabak, and this one's specific to these books, is that he's playing a variation of the game where fives are wild. Yeah. It's just like, what the f- why? That's, this game is already fucking random as hell. Yeah, it's already just utter bullshit. There's a point where it's like, ah, I have a winning hand, and then I go to call and say, like, we're done. Mm-hmm. And then my winning hand turns into still a winning hand because my three turned into a five, but five's wild, so I'm still 23. Yeah, exactly. I gotta feel like the only reason you would ever voluntarily put your cards into that isolation field on the table is because they turn to fives. You'd just be like, oh, five, flap it. That way I can sit here and wait, and either I get the, the, the hand that does it, and I can say that the, the five is a zero, yeah. or... Uh, I can I can see whether a five will change this to a positive or negative twenty three. Exactly. Like, so if you see anyone put a card in the isolation field, you're like, that fucker's got a wild. There's the, o- the only reason to ever put something there. It's interesting as well because I'm like, if a five is wild, that means you have because you're unlike say poker where you're trying to get a better hand overall. This is much more like, oh, I'm trying to hit a specific number. Yes, positive or negative 23, or trying to get a 0, a 2, and a 3, which is the idiot's array and is an automatic win. And the fact that with a 5 being wild is like, fucking any two hand cards in your hand mm-hmm. can get you so close to winning. Exactly, because the card values go from like 1 to 10, but then the uh, the, the various face cards have values that are crazy. Oh, yeah. Some of them are worth like 20, 30 points by themselves. And there are certain suits that are negative and whatnot. Yeah. So being able to just kind of be like, cool, man, if I've got a wild, I am so close to winning already. Yeah, you're going to you're going to if soon as you get a five, you go like, what else do I have? I have a seven and a six. That's a 13. Great. I'm saying my five is the skadoosh of Malort. It's a 10. You you, you don't know. It's fine. I get 23. I win. Great. Done. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be negative. It's the uh, the negative skadoosh of Malork. <laughs> 
It doesn't, it, it feels like the game wouldn't work, but whatever, it's part of a book. Uh, anyway, not a lot of credits on the table. No one's really winning or losing anything that matters, and Lando's just getting increasingly hot and grumpy. Well, yeah, because he's like, this isn't barely even covering the cost that it took to get here. Like, yes. essentially going, this wasn't even worth the gas to come here. Yeah. So eventually, um, Asuna is, he lets slip that he was out here on some kind of like treasure hunt mission or something. So everyone is willing to hear that tale. So he spins the story of uh, the planet. I forget the name of the specific planet, but it's the it's the planet where the Sharu lived originally. It might be called Sharu. Well, there's the Rafa, which are the planets, like the system where all the life crystals yes. get made. And so the Sharu built stuff in the Rafa system. Yes, and I just... The only thing I couldn't remember is the specific name of the planet, but um, but yeah, it, it, there's the Rafa, the Toka, and the Sharu. I think those are the... And the Razar. And the, yeah, and the Razar. Uh, they're babies, though, John. Yeah, babies. They're babies. No. Play! Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, where were we? Um, so he's, he's spinning tales about having been to that planet where the Sharu originally lived. Now, the Sharu were long gone. They've been extinct for millennia. Uh, they left behind a species that worshipped them called the Rafa... Who are nearly mindless. They're just they're they're just sort of like practically drones of people. And the Shrew also left behind massive monuments that are made of a material so impenetrable that no one has ever been able to crack any of these monuments. And when I say massive, I mean they are the largest things known to exist on planets in the galaxy. Yeah. They're like, oh, you could put a full ass city next to one and it would look tiny in comparison to this. Like yes. it is just humongous like absolute mountainous structures that topple anything else that would be near them they're just crazy yeah they're they're incredibly huge they're bigger than star destroyers and they're just all over planets and they're made of they 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 look like they're just giant poly uh you know polygon shapes they're just big 3d polygons uh that are various shapes and dimensions but all of them have candy colors so they look like the back of old imax um <laughs> Partially translucent, but no one's ever been able to get into one. Yeah, so. you get one of those big, like, lime green uh -huh. looking motherfuckers, and you're like, <laughs> I'm not sure if this is an old iMac or, like, a some kind of jelly thing. <laughs> We're dealing with, like, a gummy bear situation going on here. Yeah, so you when you land on this planet, you're like, Jesus Christ, there's a little town I'm going to, and it's just wedged between a three-mile-high purple triangle and a six-mile-across parallelogram prism. There's, like... 300 yards between them, and that is where the town is. Yeah. The other thing that happens on these planets, a couple of them throughout the system, as John previously mentioned, they're the only planets that can grow the life crystal orchards, which are these trees that grow crystals. We don't get that much about the details yet beyond that rich people want these life crystals. They're incredibly value valuable. Mining them is such an onerous and dangerous thing that it's a guaranteed death sentence if you're sentenced I don't know everything in Star Wars is mined by convicts who are sentenced to death. Oh, yeah, because this is like, oh, the Rafa can do it. Like, the actual native people can go out there and do it. But if you're not one of them, then the other people are convicts who this you will definitely die in the inhospitable environment around you. Yes. Now, we don't get details on what life crystals are yet, uh, but we do know that one of the people sitting at the table, I think the administrator of the the, the mining administrator, has a uh, little tiny life crystal set in a necklace around his neck. Well, we get the information that it extends your life. Okay, we do get that. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, oh, it makes it so that it staves off senility. Mm-hmm. And we don't get a lot of information, just that it's supposed to make your life expectancy go way up and make it so that, you know, your brain stays healthy, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, we know that Wet is out here doing this research because he's got a grant from a foundation, like a, a college that wants to study these giant buildings. But he has once again, uh, even though he hates field visits, he agreed to do this and he has once again failed to successfully crack into these things. At this point, in the middle of the conversation, he announces that he has run out of money to keep betting. And tries now Lando has been steadily winning through this whole story, so he has most of everybody's money now. Yeah, the the actual tales of like, oh, there's treasure on these planets, and there's a mind harp. Yeah, and it was said that it could bring back the Sharu, and all of this actually made it so that everyone at the table, instead of just sort of lazily betting like five credits, started actually betting stuff, and you get up into like the hundreds and thousands for bets. Yes. And uh, Lando takes advantage by getting Sabacc three times in a row, which is really weird. 
But then uh, he's he's managed to buy out two of the people at the table. Uh, I think it's everyone but the cop and and Osuna yeah. are still in. And uh, Osuna's like, it looks like you've you've uh, you've played me out, Captain, uh, to Calrissian. Uh, could you, would you be interested in in uh, in taking possession? Like, can I bet a droid that I own? It's could you take possession of a class two multiphasic droid, which is apparently you know every book has different rules on how droids are organized and categorized and costed, uh, but apparently a class two multiphasic is incredibly valuable. Uh, so he's like, well, that would pay for a lot of shit. So plus he was like, oh, that might be able to actually pilot my ship. Yes. So. Yeah, that'll be nice because I'm a shitty pilot. So at first he gets the offer and he's like, no, I'm, I don't ever take credit or extend credit. Uh, your offer of a droid is worth 37 cents and a bus ticket. Uh, oh, the other thing that was funny to mention in the middle of all this conversation, this is the, I think this is the conversation where dinosaurs come up. Yes. We, I gotta mention that. There's a point where they're like, uh, the Shrew are extinct. You know, like the dinosaurs. Yeah. No human has ever seen a dinosaur. And, you know, one guy is like, I've seen a dinosaur. There's big fucking lizards over on this planet. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> shut up. Oh, how, ho, ho. how ribbled. You know, it's like, but it's still this reference that like humans live on a planet where dinosaurs were already extinct. That's kind of a neat thing to learn. Yeah. That's, weird weird coincidence. I, I, I guess it must have happened a long, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just a, just a fun coincidence. Anyway, uh, once he finds out it's a class two droid that could probably pilot a ship, he offers a loan of a thousand credits in exchange for it, and then just immediately sabox again and cleans everybody out. Yeah. And of course, this is also where he finds out, oh, this droid isn't here. He's got it somewhere else, and you're gonna need to go pick it up. And he's like, You absolute pile of shit. Yes, exactly. He's been he's been tricked by another con artist gambler. So he's like, Yeah, oh well, where's my droid? I need to collect it so I can get back to fly. And he's like, Oh, it's on the planet where all those stupid Sheru ruins are, and I'm sure I'll remember the name of that planet at some point. Um yeah, but the, I mean, the very obvious thing here is I'm like, oh, so you have a dude who very clearly is also good at gambling and keeps being like, oh, oh, I'm so, so absent-minded. Oh, silly me. Also, did you know there's treasure on this planet and also that's where this droid is that you have to go get? I'm mm -hmm. like, it's yeah, a setup, this is right? obviously a fucking setup, dude. It's, it's a whole big, complicated setup. Uh, they, You're they, getting long conned, my man. Yeah, this is this is the start of a big thing. Um, so Lando, you know, kind of goes after this guy to be like, you you tricked me or whatever. But as he does so, the cop uh, moves to intervene to, like, stop him from starting violence. But really, the cop's just corrupt and is mad that he just lost a bunch of money. So he tries to plant a cheating device on Lando. Yeah, there are these little devices that are basically like... Fucking, uh, like a little remote control so you can change what your cards are. Yeah, which is stupidest. Like, if if that's rife with, if this game is that rife with people having little, like, hand calculators they can use to change everything, this game needs a new version that isn't so digital. Oh, yeah, especially because I was like, oh, he puts this little thing in there, and it is, you know, from the description, maybe the size of, like, a quarter yes. or something. And I just keep thinking... Good lord, having a droid anywhere near you would immediately be like, no, you can't have anything electronic near anywhere because a droid could just have that somewhere in just them and built be like, into beep, them. beep, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you can't can't let droids gamble. It's weird. It really feels like Sabacc needs to be um, modified in some way that so it's not just let's all sit around until someone wins a lottery. Yeah. Um. Or and also, if you don't want to just sit around, cheaters are readily available and extraordinarily common. But anyway, uh, yeah, the guy tries to plant a cheater on on uh, Lando, and Lando's like, well, fuck, this isn't going to go well. That's the local law enforcement. But as the cheater is planted, one of the other two minor people that were there... Yeah, the, the supervisor and the other minor are like, hey, fucker, bullshit, you just planted that on him, and they, like... Knock him unconscious! Straight grab his head and slam him into, like, the table, and they're like... Hey, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> we saw him plant the cheater. And also, even though you just took all of our money as well, we, we're not mad at you. That's fine. Uh, look, just just take the money and get out of here. And, the, and Lando's like, are you going to be okay with that guy? And the minister's like, yeah, technically, he even though he's like the marshal here, he does report to me. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm like security his for the mine, and I'm yeah. the supervisor, so fuck him. So, you know, you, you just get out of here. Uh, just Just go. So Lando heads to a ship and flies to uh, Sheru Planet. And he rents a pilot droid. Yes, so he does. So he gets a rental pilot, which apparently is terrible. And we don't really find out why. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just busted in some way. Yeah, so he heads to the Rafa system, 
And I still don't know what planet it is, but it's Taguda Lusat is the name of the city he ends up yeah, in. Yeah, he's on a planet in the Rafa system, yes. but we don't know. It's wild that I don't know that no, that, that off the I top of my head. I don't think they say. I, they might just never say it. <laughs> if we know it's in the Rafa system, that's probably all we need to know. So uh, anyway, yeah, he, he has the droid fly him there. Now, the droid is also a bit of a scam. It's not a very good droid. No. Uh, so when it gets there, it lands, and the moment it comes into atmosphere, uh, ground control pops in and is like, yeah, you're cleared to land on the tarmac, but what is that shit on the side of your ship, my dude? My dude, what the fuck is on your garbage scow? What's on your intermix cowling? That's some organic garbage. And Lando's like, that's stupid. I've been in space. Oh, and, no. And then he you know, looks out the window and, ah, oh, fuck, he's got Minox. I got Minox. Yeah. And I love the description of this because, again, they make Lando seem like so incompetent when it comes to anything but luck at cards. Yes. Because he just kind of like tries to go out to take a look at it, hits his head going out of yeah, it. Yeah, he hits his head like four times in this chapter. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll go out of this landing and ow, fuck. <laughs> I hate this ship. He like goes outside, sees there's Minox, and he's like, yeek. Yeah, he gets scared of the Minox. Then the Minox see him and they're like, yeek, yeek. Everyone's saying yeek. And then he gets so yeeked out by the Minox that he dies back into the ship, hits his head again. Fucking has to put on a protective uh, suit. Yeah, because ground control's like, yeah, we don't deal with that shit. You deal with that shit, and you have to deal with it before you can come out of your ship. Yeah, you should have shook them off before you came down. Yes. But now you're in quarantine because we can't let fucking Minox onto our planet. They're like rats. Yeah, they're extremely aggressive and extremely territorial and... Also, and they breed. They breed like crazy, so you're going to need to go out there. So he gets like a big hose and a, and a plasma yeah, he suit. He basically just has an exhaust hose. And he just goes out there and just melts them one by one. Like, just sort of, they, they come charging at him, and he just plays heat over them until they disintegrate. Yeah, he's got some exhaust hose that just does like, and I'll steam melt on Minoc into, like, goo. Yeah. And then he manages to turn around and melt one of them, but it ex- explodes on him. So he just steams his own protective suit off. Yeah, he's like, this is the nastiest thing. Yeek! Uh, yeek, he says. Yeek! Yeek, indeed. Now ground control has a second uh, uh, time to can grind their heel into him and make him feel like shit for owning a spaceship. Because he's like, yeah, hi, also I need to turn in this pilot droid that got me here. And they're like, ha, we don't have an office run by that company on our ship or our planet. You'll have to ship that thing back FedEx overnight. Yeah. Very expensive, stupid. Because <laughs> they're like, that is a very obvious bullshit ploy to get people who don't know how to fly to give them credits. We do not run that shady business here. Yes. But uh, Lando, the one, if there's one thing he's good at, it's quickly calculating values of money. So in his head, he runs through, okay, well, which is faster, sending it back via overnight fast freight or just putting it on a sublight scow and sending it back? Yeah, because he's like, oh, the the actual rate for rental rates, if I just hang out here and then take it back myself instead of shipping it. It's going to be way more than just having someone take it back for me. Yeah, but he eventually decides to send it back slow because it's cheaper. He he loses less in late fees from sending it back slow than he spends in fast fees to send it back promptly. Yeah. It's one more part of the scam. Is like they, And then they send it back fast, and then we get kickbacks from Space FedEx or whatever. Um. So, yeah, he does not like being a ship owner. It's, no! It's, it's kind of a fun... Like, trait for a character. Yeah, he's like, I fucking hate flying in space. Yes. This shit sucks. Given how many people we have met in Star Wars novels at this point, dozens, hundreds of people who own their own spaceships, and it's always just like a minor inconvenience at best, and usually it's just great. Oh, yeah. The fact that every time we meet anyone in Star Wars, they are either a pilot, Mm -hmm. like, by profession, or just good enough at it that they never have an issue with it to see someone be like, Oh my God, you have no idea how much shit you have to know and be able to do in order to fly. One of these is amazing to see, especially the people who like live in them. Like you think about characters like Kyle Katarn or, uh, I don't know, uh, dash Rendar where they live in their ships. And it's like, that's gotta be a real pain in the ass, but this that is that RV first... life, baby. Yeah. The van life. But these are the first characters. This is the first character who's like, no, it fucking sucks. I want a house. <laughs> I, w- I want to stay in a hotel room mm-hmm. and then gamble and leave. Yeah. So now he's on planet and uh, he does not want to go pick up the droid yet. Uh, instead, he wants to settle in at a bar, have a drink, get the Minox stink off him. And of course, find a place to gamble. Yeah. Oh, and he's also a little intrigued by the story of 
how there's untold value to be found in these. Because he does, Taguna Lusat, the city he sets down in, is, as we mentioned earlier, a little tiny town nestled between two or three of these unbelievably massive things that the, yeah. the, the Sharu built. It's just these giant fuck-off alien things. Yeah. And he's like, and also, a little town. Yes. Well, the town has to deal with the fact that the life trees are super important, but they can't do anything about these fucking buildings. They're completely indestructible. Nothing can move them, break into them, nothing. So so uh, they just have to do what they can and build around them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he heads to a local bar and uh, it basically tries to... We get a lot of description. I, I'm assuming that Sabak for money is illegal in town here because he, he goes through a very coded system by which to let the bartender know that he would like to play Sabak. Yeah, I mean, at first he's like, hey, I'm looking for some action. And the bartender, who is a droid, is like, Oh, well, there's like a burlesque review. Very good, sir. There is a fuck room right over there. <laughs> there's there's a red light district yeah. down the way. You I mean, can get a cool show there. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll go pick that up. But what I was thinking was more along the lines of a, you know, a game of some kind. And he's like, oh, that's interesting because maybe my uh, memory servos are malfunctioning. Can't seem to recall that. And he's like. How about I give you money? I like the, the idea that they said burlesque review, not because, you know, it was actually a burlesque review, but just because it's a Star Wars novel, they can't just say whorehouse. Yeah. He's like, like obviously there is that's a, not what burlesque is. A red light review somewhere yeah. down the street. And you're like, I get it. Burlesque is, a you know, an art form and so on. It's it's hard. Uh, but yeah, like... Um, well, I mean, it could just be that. It, of like, it could yeah, actually be a burlesque house. That'd is, be really cool. There is just a sexy fucking show that happens. I would love it if it went that way. They were like, there is a burlesque review down there where he's like, no, I'm looking for more of like a game. All burlesque people are huge nerds you can find a D&D game there <laughs> go over there and be like hey my dudes who's got a game they need a PC for and you will be set or even better be like yo I'm a DM exactly <laughs> but no the, the droid tries to send him to the red light district and then finds out he wants to gamble and is like oh well my circuits are dirty, so I might not be able to remember that because he oh, wants bribes. Well, maybe Mr. Lincoln can wash those circuits for you. <laughs> yeah, we have Mr. Abraham Lincoln in all of our credits. He's not the president, though. It's a coincidence. No, different guy. Different guy. Abraham Lincoln, famous pilot, I assume. It's Star Wars. Well, it's Star Wars. In, in Star Wars history, Abraham Lincoln is the reason there aren't dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Abraham it's Lincoln famously a, murdered dinosaurs. It's, it's been a while. Uh, but yeah, he's like, grab a seat over there and I'll have a guy come out and talk to you. Like the proprietor of the bar. Yeah, he's just like, oh, okay. After he ups the bribe twice, mm -hmm. the droid just takes it and he's like, cool, here's your drink, fuck off. Yes. And then a guy comes out and is like, hello, uh, I heard you are interested in the study of probability, probability. and mathematics. Yes. And Lando's like, yes, I'm specifically interested in the permutations of the number 78. Uh, fives are wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, per 78, two at a time. Five's wild. <laughs> yeah, was, which is pretty great. I like the idea that he was trying to sneak his way through, but he's so specific about what he's willing to play. Oh, yeah. He's like, like, look, it's the one thing. He's like, yeah. yes, I need permutations <laughs> of chance uh, and how they affect rivers and one-eyed jacks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, I'm really interested in the uh, the ways you can arrange 52 cards and uh, flopping and uh, only, in, only in <laughs> Texas, where they hold mini symposiums on the subject. Yes, you could say they hold them. <laughs> they hold them, those symposiums. What can you do for Along me? the river. Like, how picky do you have to be? <laughs> Imagine if his game was even harder to get across. Like, what if he was into Pygal? Ah! <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking for a restaurant that serves pastries that I like. Uh, who's your favorite Final Fantasy VI character? Mine's not Setzer. Uh? <laughs> I'm glad that Gowan from Final Fantasy VI exists, because otherwise I was at a loss. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> was a nice save there. So anyway, yeah, um, we do get a bit, which again, explains or helps confirm that this is definitely a long con, whatever the fuck is happening, uh, That where this guy's like, yeah, sure, I just need to know the name of your ship and your name. Local formality, I assure you. And Lando's like, well, obviously, he just wants to check to see that I'm a real ship captain with well, a real ship. Mostly, he's like, he wants to make sure I'm not a fucking cop. Yeah. Oh, and, that I have, narc. and that I have some money. Yeah. But really, it's just this guy confirming that, yes, this is Lando. We got him. Yeah, this is the dude that you sent to us. <laughs> and again, Lando's like, I have not picked up on any of this. I love to gamble. I'm brand new Lando. I have yet to learn how to Calrissian correctly. And... 
I I also love that he's like when he actually gets into the game, he's like, oh, for sure, this was just so they could find out if I had money because, you know, even though it is illegal here, every room is the same room you go into. That's a sabak room, yeah. which is just it's the same like shitty green felt table. It's the same people gambling and smoking. The cops are paid off. Mm-hmm. You the house skims a little off the top. And you probably have one or two players who are specifically here to rook new people who come in. Yeah. The only downside for Lando, but he has a solution for it already, is that Taguda Lusat is not super hot. So he's expected to order camaraderie alcohol like everybody. But he has a trick for that, which is that he orders one drink that he doesn't even like and then just keeps adding ice to it all night. Yeah. He just adds ice and that slowly melts and waters it. So it looks like he's continually drinking, but mostly it's just eventually watered down whatever his drink is like regat or something yes yeah uh, yeah regat um but yeah he uh he gets offered a uh, a game and, and sits down to play now that dude who is the administrator is playing with him along with a couple of other people and this time including some aliens and this is one of those like just like the han solo at star's end book this is one of those ones that doesn't give a shit what the aliens are which no. is great it's just like some sort of burbling thing with a great where its mouth should be is like like hey buddy you're a good card pl- card player yeah, I I love that both this and the Han Solo one are like, oh, we're not beholden to weird Star Wars things. We're the only species we can use are ones you've seen on screen, mm-hmm. and they all have to have the exact same traits as the ones you've seen on screen. This is like, there's some fucking plant guy, and he has to have, like, one of those, you know, I've got a hole in my throat, like, from smoking yeah, translator things, where he's just like, <laughs> Hello. Yes, and also everything he translates comes out all, comes out all stupid. Yeah, he's he, like, you've got the p- cards, two playings. Thou aren't understanding the me? Eh? Yeah. Please giving to the man his credits. <laughs> that sounded a little bit like the Malkovich line from Boiler Room. <laughs> Give this man his money. <laughs> God damn it, that line. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm just imagining that that plant is John Malkovich. And- <laughs> ah, of course it is. Of course that plant man is John Malkovich. How could he not be? <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so Lando once again just commences to cleaning everybody out of all their money. And once again, someone's like, hey, uh, you, you kind of you cleared my, my uh, table over here. How would you be willing? You're, you're a captain, right? You like cargo for that ship. Perfectly yeah, I legitimate. mean, you're flying a freighter. Yeah, perfectly legitimate cargo for that freighter ship you have. How about if you uh, you stake me for a container of life crystals? And Lando's like, well, shit, that's actually quite valuable. I I do love that at this, he's been playing like he is a hick. So he's like, oh, I've been putting an accent on that. It seems like I came from one of the asteroids, and I'm just like, I sure would like to have me a game of Sabacc. Ah, boy, I came into some money. <laughs> and then he's doing that throughout the entire game, and the second this guy's like, hey, would you take a crate of life crystals? He's like, money on the table, no fucking deals. Yeah. And just drops entirely. He does it in both games, too, where he's just like, it doesn't matter anymore whether or not I play the hick. Uh, here comes serious Lando. Yeah, the fact that this guy's like, hey, you want to take these crystals? And he's like, credits on the table or no deal. <laughs> and everyone just kind of looks at him like, uh, my dude? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, shoot, right. I'm not a mark. <laughs> I mean, a uh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's a card? Uh, but yeah, he he basically realizes the value of life crystals. And is like, well, shit, that's actually very, very valuable. Okay, fine. I will take your... You're a deal. And then just plays the guy out in the next hand. Well, I mean, it didn't even matter. The big thing is it's like, oh, yeah, these these are expensive, mm-hmm. but they're also the trade of them is completely run by one corporation. Well, and he's like of. trying to get these and sell them is going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, a little bit. What he, it's not so much that they're run by one company. The They are exported by one company, but the freight company that hauls them is specifically called out as the brother-in-law network. That's not a Star Wars thing. That, that What he means by that is that you have to be a friend of a friend. Yeah. You have to be a made man. It's run by the mafia. Yeah. By space mafia. Uh, probably Black Sun or something like that. Ha. Huh. Yeah. So the brother-in-law network is his little code word he uses to be like, it's all crime that runs these crystals. So while I can technically take them, it's just going to be... If I try and sell them, they'll be like, what are you doing muscling into our turf? Yeah, if I try and sell them here, it will be. But if I take them far enough away, 
I can probably sell these. So for him, it's like, eh, I guess it's worth it. I mean, the, the hold is empty. The thing is, he's looking at it. At this point, he was like, man, I don't even I don't even want my ship anymore. Like, I'm planning on selling the Falcon here. Yeah, that's true. Yes. He's got basically he's just acquiring shit and is good at planning to sell it. Like he, he hasn't picked up the droid yet that he won because he doesn't care. He didn't even really ever want to see the droid. His only goal with the droid no, he was, was like, to try fuck and- that. I, since I've already established in my mind that I'm going to sell the Falcon here. Yeah, I'm going to sell the droid anyway, because the only reason I would have kept it is as a pilot. There's points in, in, during this chapter where he like tries to sell the droid to people he meets. He's just like, hey, any interest in a class two multiphasic droid? They're like, no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so so he's already just trying to offload everything he owns because yeah. he doesn't want it. And uh, but then he wins this table handily, clears everybody out, and then he goes off to his uh, hotel. Does he go to his- no? He goes to get his droid first. Yeah, he gets the droid, and yeah. we get to meet Vuffy Rafa. Vuffy Ra. There's no F or in there. Vuffy Ra. Vuffy Ra. Vuffy Ra. Who he picks up? I guess he landed late at night and played into the morning because he specifically says that he decided to wait until daytime hours to go get the droid, and he's happy he did because, in his own words, some things are better confronted by daylight. This is his way of saying that Vuffy Raw is weird looking as far as droids go. Yeah, he does not have a humanoid looking because he's like, he even says, man, some people forgot droid is short for android, meaning man looking. This thing is a fucking tentacle starfish. Which I love that Vuffy Raw immediately calls him out on. So let's just get this across. First of all, if you haven't, if you've never heard of Vuffy Raw, he's only in these books, really. And he's, he's a neat character that I won't go too deep into. But in terms of his appearance... He is a, a a big Pentagon medallion, pretty much like a like a the size of a sewer manhole cover. Yeah, uh, with a big red gem in the middle of it that is kind of his eye. Yeah. Um. Now, from each edge of that Pentagon goes a big metal tentacle. He's chrome colored, so he's very silver and shiny. I mean, he just straight up looks like invaders from Marv's fifties sci fi yeah. type alien thing. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a a fully a very highly mobile articulated starfish. Like all of his, because te- he can, he stands about hip height to Lando, but that's just because that's where he's comfortable. He can stretch the tentacles up higher or lower. Yeah. So he's 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 weird looking. He's a weird looking droid. Yeah. And he, but clearly that's a great idea as far as droid design goes because he's very capable of uh, of mobility. Yeah. Um, much more so than other droids we previously met. But he's yeah, like, man, if you need a droid to go get somewhere, that's going to happen way easier with that than a fucking like astromech. Yeah, fucking three PO tottering around. Yeah, exactly. So we're, yeah, I feel like R2 won't fit through like half the doors in Star Wars, but this guy's like, I'll go wherever. I don't care. Yeah, man, I can just turn sideways and then I am good to go. Yeah. So he's walking along behind Lando being very respectful because he's like, this is his new owner and everything. But Lando's like, aren't you supposed to be humanoid? This is stupid. Android means man like what the hell's going on with you? Also, how come your name is Vuffy Raw? Your name should be a string of numbers. And Vuffy Raw's like, well, my name is a string of numbers in the language of the people who created me who happen to look like this. You know, racist aliens, <laughs> my dude, <laughs> specious, <laughs> you piece of shit. And he's like, eh, whatever. I'm going to sell you anyway. Yeah. No top, no back talk. I don't want to get to know you. You are property. <laughs> I do not need your backstory, my dude. Yeah. And he's like, too bad. I was woken up early by a pirate raid. How about that bitch? And he's like, ah, quit telling me things. He's like, that's why I know the facts that I am from a planet where everyone looks like me. And that, like, I, my name is a number, but I don't know what planet and I don't know what number. Yeah. And I don't know what people. My brain got all messed up because I got woken up early. Yes. Uh, and Lando's just like, I don't care. La 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 la. Quit talking about your, but ba- dude, I, the last thing I want to know is your name. I don't want to get attached. <laughs> <laughs> it's Buffy raw. God damn it. <laughs> and I love you, sir. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Let me give you hugs. <laughs> We're the best of friends. We always have been. Hey, remember that one time? Hey, remember when I saved you from a volcano? Huh? You remember? <laughs> So yeah, now he's got Vuffy Raw. Uh, he we have the little epiphany about how hard it is to move life crystals right here as well because he goes back to the spaceport and he takes possession of the crate of life crystals that he is owed. But he's like, I don't want these. I, now that I'm in the cold light of day, I'm looking at what I have and I'm like, shoot, this is basically a big old target that says, "Come kill me, local mafia." Yeah. So he's not thrilled about that. We do also get to see a Rafa. Uh, it was earlier, but we can go through it real quick because they're probably going to be important later. There's one Rafa out there sweeping. 
at the airport. Oh, yeah. We get the description of basically there is a janitor sweeping out here. And then we see the exact same janitor like five more times. Yes. And it turns out that Rafa all just kind of look exactly alike. Or no, I'm sorry. This guy is important and he's following Lando around. That's I think that's supposed to be what the what the uh, but he the, the whole point behind the Rafa is that they're supposed to be nearly brain dead. Like they're they're mobile. They are alive. They take care of themselves and they can go to work, but they have no other thoughts. Yeah. That's the idea. You know, when he sees them at the spaceport, the guy is just sort of pushing stuff around. around. Yeah. He's He's like, like, I don't even, you're not even putting it into like a waste bin or anything. You're just sort of moving dirt. It's like when you put a a janitor in as a background extra in a high school movie and you can always see that they're just standing there sweeping the broom back and forth in place. Just sweep, 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 sweep. Yeah, it's like. It's like that uh, one guy in the background of the James Bond film who's sweeping the air. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I was watching a movie just recently. It's called The Dance Ninja or something. But it features an extra who just walks straight into a wall in the background. And <laughs> yes. It just stops. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, where else am I going to go? Well, that was me. <laughs> like, the director was like, your job is to walk kind of diagonal down this hallway to add texture as the main characters are walking. And she realizes about two feet from the wall that if she goes straight, she's just going to walk into an intersection of a wall and a window. And by God, she does it. She's like, well, those are my instructions. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, <laughs> where were we? Uh, the Rafa... Uh, are supposed to be mindless, but we have our doubts as readers. Mm-hmm. Lando doesn't. He's like that poor bastard. He's like a total idiot. And look, he's a janitor everywhere. <laughs> the same same type of people everywhere. <laughs> Just these old guys. <laughs> they must all look alike. <laughs> I'm, I'm so fucking racist. Well, specious, specifically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Xenophobic. Indeed. Yeah. Well, now that he's got his carton of life crystals probably packed away in the hold of his ship or in a holding cell somewhere so he doesn't have to deal with them and his droid it's time to head to a hotel and yeah get i mean he's made several thousand credits yes. off of these games yes he's so doing, he's sitting pretty he's he's doing quite well and able to afford the best hotel in taguda lusat which sucks yeah because why would you go here unless you were specifically here to export life crystals oh yeah no the best hotel here is like ah i went to like a best western yeah. instead of like Pops Motel, where four of the letters are burnt out. That leaves me with a question. I would have figured there'd be a good hotel here because the largest uh, uh, sentient-built structures in the galaxy are here, and they're neat, and you can't touch them. I feel like there'd have to be like some hotels for people who are like, you know, going to the Grand Canyon and shit. I I mean, on one hand, I would say yes. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, I bet that sure, thousands of years ago, because. There have been so many fucking thousands of years of galactic empires and republics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That was a thing at some point. But as soon as everyone was like, oh, you can't even do anything. You can just look at them and you leave and that's great. I was just thinking to myself, like, if if I had a, a homestead on this planet, I would definitely go into business with, like, weapons testing. I'd be like, see if you can shoot your way into this building. It's totally fine. No one owns it. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> and if you manage to get in, hey, free stuff. Plus, I'll just set it up as a shooting range because I'll never need to clean it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but but yeah, anyway, I guess the tourist trade is either in a, a different city on this planet or maybe because these things are so fucking enormous, they don't even land. They just fly in yachts around the planet and look at them from space. And I was going to say, there's also like it's the entire system. So there are a lot of planets and these are on all of them. There might be more hospitable planets that that have these that you'd be like, Oh, I don't want to go to that one. That place sucks. I'm going to go to the good one. Yeah. So he, uh, he gets to his hotel room, which he's like, yeah, it's fine. It's like a three star, whatever. Uh, he's getting undressed. And Buffy Raw keeps trying to strike up conversations. <laughs> He's like, hey, pal, how hey, you doing? Huh? Hey, did you have a ship? Did you know I'm capable of flying ships? And he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm going to sell that ship and you. I, please shut up. Do not talk to me. Please turn, sit in that chair over there and turn off. <laughs> please. I need you to go, I don't know, like dig at the carpet like a dog, spin around in a circle, and then shut down. Yeah. And Buffy Raw, to his credit, is very, very diplomatic and is like, all right. All and right. just go sit in a chair and turns his big red light from bright to dim and he's done. Yeah. And then Lando goes to bed. And Lando, of course, before he drifts off, he's like, you know, if there was a treasure, and you're like, don't do it, man. He's gonna, he's planning treasure hunts. Don't do it. He's got to get that mind harp. It's in the name of the book. Ugh. But yeah, he's just like, hey, buddy, y'all ever heard of a mind harp? <laughs> yeah, yes, Buffy Raw. 
And Buffy's like, dude, I don't even know what I am. What do you think I'm going to know what a mind harp is? <laughs> My dude, I do not know anything. And he's like, hey, can you stop calling me master, by oh, the way? Right. They have, that's right. That's a running gag for quite a while into the series of he's books. He's like, well, what do you want to call me? It's like, I don't know. Just don't, don't call me that. It's a joke. He goes... He's like, uh, please don't call me master. It creeps me out. And Buffy Ross like, well, then what should I call you? Uh, not too early in the morning. And definitely not unless you have a drink. Oh, oh. <laughs> and he's like, very good, master, you dumb beast Except piece of shit. You, like, event, you feel like the answer is super obvious, right? It's Captain. You don't, yeah. want him, you don't want him calling you Lando. You don't want him calling you Calrissian or Mr. La- master. Captain. That's yeah. your ship t- title name. Captain's fine. Plus, you're going to sell him. Just be like, yeah, call me Captain until I'm done with you. Yeah, I like that he... He's so addicted to making that don't call me before 10 a.m. joke. Oh, yeah. Just don't don't call me me late for dinner. (laughs) Just don't talk to me until I've had my space coffee. Oh, I need my calf. (laughs) Then he's, like, unwilling to just work with this droid for a minute. Like, at the moment I took possession of a droid, even if I was planning to sell it later, I'd be like, well, okay, let's open up your settings. I want to mess with everything. (laughs) I want to see what dumb shit you can do. First of all, let's turn off motion smoothing. That shit sucks. (laughs) I want you clanking everywhere. (laughs) Look, I need you to make some beeps and boops and some clanks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, so, but he has no interest in the droid, which is a, this is a cool droid. Oh yeah, this I'm is... like, if I got a three PO. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we uh, we have to record partially outside. You may have heard a loud car. Yeah, but if I got to own a three PO, I would be like, yes, please never talk to me. You're the worst. <laughs> but if I got a fucking weird ass '50s sci-fi invasion from Mars tentacle fish, I'd mm-hmm. be like, yes. You are my friend. Yeah, you and I are friends. I will. I, I don't need to sell you. I just made a bunch of money and I'm about to sell the ship. I'm keeping this thing. This thing's rad. Plus, I can sell it whenever. I want to. I'm gonna see you tell this. See what this thing can do. Oh yeah, I'd be like, yo, how are you at strangling? Yeah, you got tentacles. And believe me, most of these books are finding out the crazy shit Buffy Rock can do. <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, that's... Uh, he, I mean, my assumption is you've got some kind of heat ray coming out of your big red eye. I don't want to give any of the spoilers I know about what he can do away. I assume you are one of the walkers from fucking uh, <laughs> the War of the Worlds, is what uh, I'm yeah, assuming he's a, Well, are. those are tripods. And he's I know. A, so I guess he's like a, an advanced model where they were like, two more legs! Two more! <laughs> anyway, Lando falls asleep, and then he gets woken up in the middle of the night when thugs come in and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, the local constables come in and are like, you, we gotta beat the shit out of you! And he's like, please don't, I will go quietly and yeah. peacefully. Will you allow me to put on pants, and if not... That's fine. Yeah. I love that he, he has the same reaction to, like, scary shit that you would want to from a person who also doesn't want to own a spaceship, just wants to be a gambler, where the moment they come in, he's like, I surrender. Uh, whatever <laughs> happened, I do not. I, I will uh, deal with it at the police station. I will go with you quietly. May I put on pants? Gentlemen, what, may I offer you a bribe? Did not hit me. And he's just doing everything he can yeah, as smoothly as possible. The calmest motherfucker. Like, three huge dudes burst down his door and he's like, hello, sir or madam, whatever your constable has told you, I am perfectly fine and willing to go with you. No issues for me. I am very plainly welcome to do so. Yeah. And then they begin to beat the shit out of him. They knock him unconscious immediately. He's like, ow, hey, I wanted to, ow, hey, hey, ow. <laughs> hey, come on now. Hey, you're knocking me unconscious. Aw, oh, man. Aw, oh, man. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter two. Yeah, that's where we end. Uh-huh. It's Lando uh, <laughs> receiving police brutality. What fun. <laughs> Of all the Star Wars characters to really to receive police brutality, good job. <laughs> it was nineteen eighty three. This was a foregone conclusion. Unfortunately, the world sucked. Yeah, and continues to. Yeah. So anyway, this is uh this is a fun book so far. I mean, we get to meet a neat character. We get to meet Lando being all weird. There's a lot of mysteries. Yeah, the fact that Lando is very not Lando ish in this, as far as the way we see him in movies and other books is kind of weird, but I really like it. I like that character as being the star of a book, because like we said before, everyone else we meet is like, I'm professional badass and space pilot dick fuck jaw. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what about this dude? I do not want to deal with your garbage. Please do not fuck with me. I do not want to have adventures. Yeah, I feel like Smith, who's the author, the guy named El Neil Smith wrote this book. Um, and I feel like he was fully aware that Lando had had the Falcon before Han had the Falcon, but that Han had had the Falcon for a while. Yeah. So when he was writing Lando, Lando needed to be, like, very young. He couldn't be, you know, three days away from getting Cloud City or anything like that. No. 
So we get a very different Lando, but I appreciate that. It's it's a, There's a lot of room for character growth here to see how this guy ends up being the Lando we know, uh, where he picks up all the business savvy that kind of makes him the person who keeps getting handed businesses all the way through the expanded universe. Oh, yeah. Well, this is definitely the point where we're like, ah, young Lando realizes everyone is out to con everyone else and is like, cool, <laughs> great. I'll play along. So there you have it. Uh, and we will now go make our bonus content like we like to do so much. That's right. If you want to join us, you can head on over to patreon.com. Uh, we are patreon.com slash system mastery. Mm-hmm. Find us there. That's where all of our bonus content for all of our shows is. Yes, indeed. Join us at that middle $2 level. That unlocks the bonus content where we go over to Wikipedia. We find some weird shit in Star Wars. We tell you and each other about it. And... Incidentally, because everything is progressive, it also unlocks all of our bonus content for the System Mastery Show, where we make characters in weird, shitty RPGs. Yes, indeed. You get a lot of, uh, all kinds of content, like so much. Years of content. Yeah. For a very low introductory rate, which then immediately gets jacked up dramatically. I'm kidding. It stays $2. Yeah. I think it's about to become 5 but that's just because we're moving from per episode to monthly. Yep. So uh, so keep your eye out for that. We will be more detailed about that as it actually draws closer. Uh, otherwise, yeah, head on over to Patreon and support us. It helps us keep making the show, and these episodes are a lot of fun. Lots of people tell me the expounded, Expanded Expounded Universe episodes are the best thing we do. Yeah, a lot of people. You know, some people come up to me, and they shake my hand, and they Tears say, in their eyes. Mr. Taylor. <laughs> Let me ask you, are these big, muscular guys who do real jobs? No, these are usually uh, down-on-their-luck single mothers. <laughs> See, I wonder why they're hitting you up. <laughs> and they're like, please, sir, can I have some more? And I'm like, Dickin, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that was unsavory. Um, <laughs> well, I hated that. <laughs> please join us at our Patreon. Buy our many fine books. And otherwise, you all have a good one. I've been Elan Sleaze Bagano. And I love mind harping. Mind harping.